0: Welcome to episode 724 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Radio team, welcome along to episode 724 of I Am Talk, Coach John Newsman, Bevan James I oh, didn't want to bike up this morning mate, did not want to bike up today, we I got, got the text this morning team,
1: guys Bev, I might be a little bit late, uh, I don't want to bike up it's a bit wet, and I have to drop my wife off to go for her walk, and I just, I don't, getting, I don't mind getting wet, but then I've got to sit here for an hour and a half getting wet and cold, I'll put and the off with? you? But slow off the mark with that. <laughs> I to, to the last it's just defrosting off the, your couch at the moment. Just wipe that down. Anyway, I'm here.
0: <laughs> our Talk is proudly brought to you by... Generation UCAM. You, you go first, Generation
2: Oh. Generation, Generation UCAM. Oh, sorry, <laughs> second. I
0: was going to do patrons. To Sports nutrition that gives you long-lasting energy without the spike and crash of sugar.
1: And our patrons, Morton, Triple B, Lieber. Got
0: Grant, this by um, Petrie. And Ryan Face the Music Barnett. Oh, I love that show. Can you name the guy who was on it? Not Simon Barnett, who was the other guy? Dwayne Franks. Oh, good work, John Newsome. yeah. Well okay, and this week's show, we've got some news. We've got a hot topic of the week. Uh, we're going to interview.
1: We have indeed, Jeannie Seymour. We spoke to her better half uh, a couple of weeks ago. And so this week, we're going to catch up with her. So she's a top, top 70.3 athlete and had some great performances you're going to hear about later on. John started a new segment,
0: and and his pitch for it is weak at best, but we'll get get into it later on. The new segment is John's workout of the week, Um, and then we've got some questions and answers at the end winger of the week as well. John, not much happening, but we are looking back on last year was the first Ironman race for legend of the sport, Alistair Brownlee and he had a pretty good result
1: he did have a good result he took the, took the W but he didn't uh, do it in convincing well he did it in relatively convincing fashion but he was not leading from the gun partly because there was no swim uh, and he got his I wouldn't say got his pants pulled down but Brian McChrystal spanked the bike with a 4.36 and this race in Ireland last year was I'm pretty sure it was their first race they had over there uh, terrible terrible weather uh, so I think let's it was a case let's put some
0: context on that so Brownlee who's not a bad bicyclist
1: yeah but you know When it's that cold You know Everybody reacts a bit different and But Brian he beat by what? 13 minutes Yeah But um, But Joe Justin Messler Who we had on the show A few weeks ago uh, He was up there as well But you see all the bike times I mean Brian McChrystal Absolutely spanked everybody And I'd say Brownlee Underbiked Probably got cold Didn't really know what he was doing But then he came back And ran a 3.51 To win uh, overall so, Now Brian
0: McChrystal is that, a, is that a standard run From a 3.10 or was that a bad day?
1: Uh, it's a below average day if you remember we spoke yeah, to him and in wrote. Roth and I think you know th- he's about a 3 hour runner so, so 3.10 so is if he ran what he normally could he would have won could have done, yeah. or Brownlee could have run a 2.40. Could mark. have, would have, should have. Exactly. So that was uh, happening on the men's side. Brian McChrystal was second, Marcus Tomsky was in third place, and Justin Metzler in fourth. Then on the females side, we had Emma Billum take it out in 8.50 with a dojo domination by 29 minutes Jeez. over Pliny Hoogeman from Holland and Amanda Wendorf in third place. So I think Ironman Island. we're going to come up with this later on. I think that's happening, hopefully, later in the year. And
0: it was due to be male pro only this year. Yes. Yeah, so it'll be interesting if they keep that up as well. Uh, We're supposed to be having Ironman Hamburg on this weekend as a pro, female pro race. Uh, It's normally in July, but it's now scheduled for 6th of September. So it's,
1: again, do you want to look at last year's results? Yes, we do. And I'm just thinking... I, th- I have a feeling that that's almost the same weekend as uh, the Hamburg ITU race, but I could be completely wrong there. Surely
0: not. Oh, the 6th, do you mean? Uh, you, you, September. you talk through the results. And okay, so it's looking back on 2019, I'm going to rating.com and it's just pulling up the
1: internet right now. Uh, last year, the conditions were... This, this race is normally held in later in the season, but they've pulled it ahead for this year. 4th and 5th of September is... Uh, due to be Hamburg ITU race, so maybe they—I are don't know if they have it at the same venue or not. But who knows? We'll wait and see. Could be a massive, massive weekend of triathlon in well, Hamburg.
0: Last year, Christian—I'm going to say—Hogan uh, Dung, uh, he he got a an eight eleven to win the the males race.
1: I remember this because he got really fired up at the finish and did and was just like angry man at oh, the finish. Really? Uh, no. it, was, it was all a bit, a little bit weird, but too much. A bit too much. Good on him for winning it. It was a great performance. Yeah, but
0: you know what? Emotion's emotion. Yeah. You know, you let people be what they want to be. Rudy wild came in second. Paul Shuster came in at third. And then the female race, we had Suzy Cheatham take it out and in an 8.58, just under that nine hour mark. Serian Pompano. Pompano.
1: Pompiano,
0: Pompiano, And Julia Gaigo after that as well. So it's Strong
1: field. Yeah, and okay. of Stephen came in fourth. So she's coaching now for Brett Sutton. Yeah, she's been a Sato athlete for a long, long time. Yeah, so good times. Fingers crossed we get some racing at these events uh, coming up later this season. I want
0: to, almost for discussion of what next week, we should do, Who's pick the race that will be the first race in the Ironman calendar, you know, and then we'll go back and see who got it right.
1: Oh, I didn't add that to the news this week. I don't know where it's gone. What? Um, but no, down
0: low you have. You've got it have lower I? down, yep. Yep. Okay, I've
1: got it in the lowdown.
0: Yeah, you got it down. What's coming up?
1: Okay. Um, also at the weekend we had the f- uh, first of the championship series races on Ironman virtual reality round twelve, uh, which was over the half Iron distance race. So the first time we've had a championship race over that.
0: So championship is.
1: So this is a four race series, okay. and so I think the the half iron is, is is counts for more points towards qualifying. So only had eleven hundred and forty three finishes out of eleven hundred. Uh, 1932 finishes starters starters sorry uh, so some good racing there will draper who's been uh, i've heard his name come up once or twice he's been almost keeping up with the pro men on the bike leg uh he took it out in three hours and 40 three hours 40 14 he what did he do for his splits is yes. this is an age group this is a, a age group he was first okay. overall he ran Jeepers he ran a 112.54 you can't fudge that because it's GPS it's outside it's not this malarkey on treadmills or anything like that that's a that's a flipping fast run time now wait so the and pros did a they just did the first run in the bike but will Draper around 1543 for his first run and then ran a uh, road a 211 he's only 20 years old but Jeepers that's uh that's the real deal uh give us a couple of A trip seven. And where where, where, you we'll where you
0: find us like I haven't got the link. Oh right there, right there. Where you put the link. Right there you put the link. Right <laughs> there. Okay, I'm gonna say female thirty-five to forty. Female whoops,
1: female female thirty-five to thirty nine. Ursula <laughs> Ursula <laughs> Kurzvik. Kno- uh, from the States, she went at 4.25.04, uh, eight minute victory over Barbara Kramer, that name's a little, bit, a little bit easier, and Sarah Roach from the US. So Ursula's times were: she did a one hour 38 for her half marathon, she did a 20.50 for her 5k run, and a 2.25 for her 90 kilometer bike ride. I believe they did uh, the ride on the Kona 7, or on the Kona course. I'm not sure if they did the 70.3 course or if they just did, uh, A part, did of. part of the Ironman course but it's kind of cool to, to be able to go and ride on Ruby and ride on that course.
0: So I've jumped on the male 30 to 34. The Poms dominate in the dojo. Gosh. Neil Eddy took it out. Nice. Dan Freeman in second and Kyle Chesterman in third. All
1: bombs. Nice work. Yeah. Team Great Britain. Go the bombs. Go the I'll do one other age. I'm going to do the 60 to 64 uh, females. First place, Cindy Roberts from Canada. Second, Amy Rappaport and third Jill Kirker and the first place Cindy. She went 5, 25 29 And her splits were made up of a 22-52 run, a 314 on the bike, and a 14803 for her half marathon. She's 63 years old. So well you Solid.
0: can do, John, which is pretty cool on this website. If you go to the results page within the imnvr VR. Section, um, or the virtual club—it's VC. Um, as you can go category by a new by a new country. So nice. I've got New Zealand. Oh yeah, good old Robbie Budge took it out in New Zealand four hours. But good old Gareth Holbrook. Oh yeah, he came in sixth for the Kiwis and the females for New Zealand. Who took it out, old Nick, Hankinson took it out. So there you go.
1: That's good that you can actually yeah now yeah. you can actually go and, and and you can do it per, per age group as well. So maybe we could have a. New Zealand Ruby champion, no sixty to sixty four men who took out the forty to forty fours. Oh, I could have got you. Could have got on the podium, Bevan. It was. Well, I'm not
0: sixty to
1: sixty four. No, I've changed it to
0: forty to forty four. What do you reckon? Okay, so how fast is this
1: just for New Zealand or for the whole category? This is just for New Zealand. Yep. You could have got on the podium. How how fast did I have to run? You just had to finish. Oh, okay. (laughs) There you go. Yeah. So first place was Nick Hankinson. What did he do? Four forty one oh four, and then he had a. What do we call a, a domination when it's by an hour? Uh, Whoa, what is it? Oh, sorry. The, sorry, I was looking at females. Sorry, there was, you still would have got on the podium on the males as well. And we had even more of a domination on there. Scotty Yang took it out in front of Mark Hudson and he went four fifteen forty-five. Uh, so he ran eighteen forty-six for his first run, one twenty-seven fifty on the second run, and two twenty-nine on the bike. You could have had him, Bevan.
0: Okay. Game on
1: down Game. my place. We'll get your Ruby subscription. Yep. Get on my kicker. And uh, I don't
0: know. I'm I'm not that sharp on the bike nowadays. I wouldn't be able to. How long are you? How long were you
1: we riding 40k? This is 90.
0: Yeah, I don't know. It's been a long time since I've ridden 90k. Last time I rode 90k was when we did that Ironman camp. There you go. thought I did alright that day, and to yeah. about to about 170k, <laughs> and then the wheel, And I remember Heath Heathrow. What's his last name? Heath Exley. Bloody bastard I was dying Like because we got Basically I, I, I helped with the boys I was pretty happy Because I saved yeah. the front pack Until we got to the bottom of where's When you're going up the bastard Yeah just, to... just before there On the yeah. flat leading into here I was meant to do my bit at the front Yeah And I got to the front I was like oh, I can't do this <laughs> And he pulls up next to me And just starts Just pulling in front of yeah And he just he, And then I Like basically got to the bottom of the hill And just rolled home See you That's later
1: Brutal climb
0: yeah, especially at the end of that 100. Because there's a decent. What Was it 180k bike, right? I think it was about 190. It was a pretty decent ride. Mm. Yeah, because going up towards Akaroa and back, it was a decent day at the office, considering I hadn't ridden a bike (laughs) at all in like five years. So, you know, I don't know if I'd be up to it. I'm fit, but not that endurance fit.
1: We had Uh, had some pros racing at the weekend as well, and they did the first run and the bike. I didn't watch any of the coverage, so I'm not quite sure how things uh, sort of panned out, but Sky Munch, Munch took out the females race by seven minutes in front of Kelsey Wilthrow and Judith Uh, Korakan and then on the men's side we had Andy Boucher take it out fairly convincingly four minutes over Matt Russell and Frederick Van Laird uh, was in the mix but it sounded like he had um, some technical issues early in the bike but he sort of carried on and that's the thing that's you know I, I love all this racing, I love the Ruby racing, I love the Zwift racing but we've got to always take it with just a grain of salt because Sometimes people's trainers aren't accurate. You get people getting mechanical, you know, Zwift mechanicals dropping out, things like that. Um, but it's good to have some form of racing to watch.
0: What's the worst case that you've seen of the tech ruining somebody's race when maybe they had a good chance of winning it?
1: I haven't seen any of that, but I've had the tech ruin my, my oh, days you. a couple of times. I had it at the weekend. So on Zwift, you can go around and you can collect badges by completing different courses. Right. And for about the third time, I've had a, if you drop out, like, and a swift sort of dropout for me happens maybe once a fortnight or once every three weeks or something. Uh, and it just happens to be on the days that I decide I'm going to actually ride a route to collect a badge. It happened at the weekend again. Anyhow. Uh, We also had some other Zwift racing, Brownlee still can't quite capture a win, he's trying really really hard and he's racing a lot, Uh, they had a Super League race on last weekend and he finished a very close second by like a millisecond and so he's missing out, Lucy Charles continues to be the queen of Zwift for triathletes, just killing everybody in her wake.
0: Okay, so then if we look at some of the trends that we're looking at now, we are kind of starting to think about what's going to happen with racing as we head into the next period of time. And Ironman in the UK are kind of being a little bit ambitious, or maybe not. Um, some races are trying to be optimistic about having happening, but in Ironman, are tentatively scheduling the Ironman Lake Placid to happen in August the thirtieth.
1: Um, but when when we look at the actual Ironman calendar, the first one up to to, to be on, uh, according to that, hasn't been postponed or anything like that, is Ironman Kazakhstan. So get yourself to Kazakhstan and you can be doing a race on August the 23rd. Well, they've still got Lombok. In Texas, they can't be. No, anything. they're half. They're 70.3s. Oh, okay. Iron distance. Okay. Uh, so Lake Placid is scheduled for August 30th. Um, Estonia and Tallinn, Tallinn is 5th of September. Uh, Korea is also the 6th of September. Hamburg has been rescheduled to, to September. Australia, I think that will go ahead uh, on September the 13th. Uh, Wisconsin, September 13th. Yeah, although
0: they're, so, they're although light news, but they're kind of saying maybe they have having a second wave. In Australia, yeah,
1: who, so, who knows yeah. but uh italy in september uh, maryland in september st george in september like that weekend holy crap so on the 19th of september you're going to have italy maryland <clears throat> the st george north american champs austria that's all in one weekend The following weekend you have cairns chattanooga um, the following weekend, Barcelona, France is scheduled for October the 11th. Who knows if any of this stuff's going to happen, but as it stands at the moment, Kazakhstan is first off the block on August the 23rd.
0: Have we had any feedback on that race?
1: Uh, this is the first time oh, they've had go. it, I think. I think. And I'm pretty sure they've had a 70.3 there. Um, but yeah, also in the UK, you know, what, uh, there was a, there's a race up there, the Castle Tri Series, and the race director's optimistic of trying to have that race at the end of July using social distancing and really spreading things out. And it'll be just a, a sort of a rolling start, and you're given a scheduled time to turn up the race, and you've only got this amount of time to get your bike set up. And they've come up with a lot of health and safety procedures, whether or not they're actually it's all good and well having as many procedures that you like thinking this is foolproof. but if at the end of the day if your national federation says you can't run it and you can't endorse it then that just you just you can't run it so i had that challenge here in march when i was still contemplating maybe having this this event and it's like well i can't because if they don't if Tri and Z don't approve it, then I can't get insurance. You can't yeah. get insurance, and you can't, the council won't let you do it. So, race directors can be as optimistic as they want, but it comes down to the authorities to, to see whether anything happens.
0: Yeah, it's going to be interesting. It's just uh, what a fascinating time we live in, guys. Okay, guys, We last week's discussion was sent through by, I can't remember who sent it through, but it was a great discussion. They had an epiphany in the middle of the night, and they said, oh, I've got a great question for the discussion of the week, and it is, if you could meet and train any triathlete now or in their prime, who would that be? B, John, yes, i I'll go first, Jeremy Lynch, uh, Leach. he's got Greg Welch, trained hard, raced well, and knew how to have downtime with a beer or more, and good old Dave Williamson's got, and if he's not available, I want Jeremy Leach, oh that's nice, that must be nice.
1: nice. Another one, Bevan, I'm just pulling up Facebook now. John
0: Muncy's got, unquestionably Chrissy Wellington, such an educated, knowledgeable and well-balanced person, that the miles would fly by and you'd learn so much
1: about so many different things, not just triathlon. Jo Lees says, uh, Reef, uh, she appears to have a clinical approach to racing. I'd be interested to know if that stems from a similar approach to training. She's also amazing.
0: Tasha Badman is what Huyo Chin would say. In her prime, she's just always talking about how joyful everything is. It was make even the toughest days of training better. She, she is the best example of positive attitude, isn't she?
1: Yeah, and uh, we've got a little website of the week or some links maybe I've got, I'm not sure if I've got this week or next week, but a little documentary on Reef and Badman together. Uh, So you guys look out for that. Uh, Craig Miskin, I met Fort Paul and Yubi Fraser in 2011 at Ironman Arizona where she allowed me and a friend to attend a pro race briefing. She was lovely and would have enjoyed more of her company and she was such an incredible athlete. All hail the queen.
0: Taron Ulchin has got here. I reckon training with Cam Worth would be so much of a laugh. You'd forget how hard it is. Yep, He's a bit of a character on Instagram and places like that.
1: Tim Martindale says Peter Reed, one of the great triathletes in my, in my book. Uh, Rob
0: Cummings, my two favourite interviews of your Legends of Triathlon podcast were Paul Huddle and Scott Molina, both very funny and interesting and both had class stories. I'd enjoy listening to either of them on a long bike or run.
1: David House is Rick Wells, he was a Kiwi, uh, he won a world championship title, fantastic swimmer, he seemed like a good guy to have a beer with after a hard training session. i would be telling you, it's more than one beer you'd be having. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Nemo Helen Brach has got uh, Karen Smiles, she was out there doing it, the cool shit with her fitness and having fun while racing hard. I think she would be a fun training partner.
1: Steve Diodonis, I've got it wrong again, Steve, sorry. Uh, Starkey, so Andrew Starkowitz, would love to attempt to draft him for 40 Ks. I think he'd be drafted for 100 metres and
0: <laughs> see you later. I reckon
1: he'd just be one of those guys that would just be out the door and it's like, boom, up yeah. to 40 Ks an hour and see you later. Wasn't
0: wasn't, um, wasn't Lessing like that when he first went to Boulder? I think I and we a lot of And we had stories, go to train with Lessing, he <laughs> just like, see you later. Yeah. But yeah, I here to hit my mark. Yeah. Uh, Tim Martindous has got Peter Reed, one of the great triathletes in my book.
1: Erin uh, a uh, Rini 100% her crazy, her crazy come from behind victory was my favourite kind of watch a bike ride with Chrissy would be pretty sweet too
0: Matt Morin has got Brad Bevan carrying bricks running to school in the
1: North Queensland heat Kylie the Colonel Cox Joe Skipper for the banter Joe is pretty entertaining is hot chick I call her the colonel. Oh, okay.
0: Neil Hastings got, I'd like to say the brownies, but I think they'd break me in the first day, so I'm opting for, in his prime, Dave Scott. Dave Scott would probably break you as well.
1: I reckon Dave Scott would be very, I reckon a lot of those guys, Dave Scott, not that I've ever trained with them, uh, Simon Lessing, yeah. uh, and so it would just be like, right, this is what I'm doing, if you want to hang on, just Cause, go cause for of it. Because
0: those guys, those guys definitely came across as the ego guys, don't they? You know, and they had a persona that was like, I'm a hard ass.
1: Yeah, 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 I agree with that. And I, th- I think it was the way or the highway. Yeah, that's yeah, what I mean. Like yeah.
0: you know, like like, like a Molina, was a good guy, cool mm. guy. Not saying Dave Scott's not a nice guy, but he's a hard ass. And, and mm. you know he's you know you, I'm doing it. If you're not with me, see you later. Yeah. You know. Um, have you done Tom I'm, Somerville? No. John no. Newsom without a doubt.
1: Yeah, and then I had just had to correct young Tom because uh, he's felt Newson with an E. Oh. Anyway, I ran side by side with Tom <laughs> if last night. you want to night.
0: annoy Tom, uh, John Newsom it'll put me
1: in at the end of his last name. Banging out some 1K reps with him last night.
0: Uh, Russell Wheeler's got Mike Pig. That guy trained like no one else at the time. What he lacked in form and talent was set off by a furious training ethic. He was. Everyone talks about him so highly.
1: Yeah, I was thinking about this yesterday. and Initially, I was thinking, oh, someone like Paul Paoli Kuru. He won, you know, won I Man Australia multiple times, he got on the podium, Conan con multiple times and he was one of the first sort of real gadget dominated guys. He was a heart rate guy sponsored by Polar and he was just like a bit of a robot and that, that sort of fitted in with the the persona of Finnish people and he just got out there and it just sounded like he'd go right, I'm riding at heart rate 150 and that's it and a bit like we've talked about with Lessing and... Uh, Dave Scott and so on, it wouldn't be so much an ego thing or just, it's just like, that's my program and I'm sticking to it. And, you know, if you can't keep up, I don't care. I'm sticking to my heart rate. So I thought he might have been interesting, but then that would probably be quite a boring training session. So I'd probably be more interested in someone who's a, a bit more erratic as well. Oh, and okay. Someone like, you know, you think about a Peter Robinson, the way he raced a short course, it was a bit all over the place. Uh, I think that would be quite interesting. And then for me, probably one of the Germans, um, whether it be. Uh, Hell Regal or um, Faris Al Sultan or someone, someone that just did things a little bit differently uh, would be, I think, would be quite interesting.
0: I, I have two answers for this because one answer is just like like a Frodo in his peak, mm-hmm. you know, like the, the top the top guys in the games, Mark Allen in his peak, Brownlee in his peak, you know, like those top guys just to experience what it takes, you know, even if I could stay with them for a few minutes just to get an idea of how they train, mm-hmm. um, you know, just. To just to see that level and the discipline and, and the places they can go to in their peak sessions and maybe if i even if i don't stay with them but i can just experience and watch them train it would be a pretty cool thing in their peak, in that moment where they are just you know at the Everest of their kind of mm. career, I think they'd be pretty cool. And then you've got the storytellers. Like I have been, and you've been very fortunate to train with Molina Molina is just a great storyteller, mm. and he's got an encyclopedia of great stories. And you go out riding with him. I remember doing some rides with him when we were doing Epic Camp or just even when I was training. And you just, you just listen to this guy who's just got so many great stories about sport. Macca, mm-hmm. Maca would be great to go out and do a long training ride with. You know, the guys who, like, there's a Matty Johns podcast, which is a league podcast, and it's a great podcast because they just talk about the stories of the sport, and it's done in a real humorous way. And, you know, to me, those kind of stories, when you get that experience where you're speaking with someone in the game who's been in the game for a long time, can tell a good story. Mm. And, you know, that's, that's like... Training with Melina In the epic camps When you have those moments Where you're just With him doing some training is, is a highlight Of my triathlon time mm. You know his, his stories And he's such a great storyteller And um, Yeah so for me It would be kind of Either the peak guy In the peak moment mm-hmm. Or female mm-hmm. um, And the you're Just the great storytellers Yeah Nice Who are the great storytellers?
1: Melina Mecca's a great storyteller I think Dave Scott Would be a really good yeah. Storyteller as well Once you sort of Got to know him a bit better Yeah um, yeah Mac is great. Uh, Craig Alexander is really good as well, but again you just gotta get to know him a little bit. Yeah
0: he once, you, once Craig's great mm. if you've kind to know him. If mm. you've got rapport with Craig, like seriously when you look, we know him so you go It's just so such a cool person. Mm. But it, you know I suppose the thing is when you're that world everyone knows you mm. it's, it's you know to get rapport is a bit tough. But um what about female great storytellers? Who have uh, been the great female interviews we had Rinne's good but not yeah. like, you're not like a Melina great storyteller.
1: But they'll be out there. Yeah well Chrissy's gonna just talk you, talk you, talk you yeah. <laughs> I love her stuff. Yeah, yeah, But Chris, she's gonna yeah,
0: she's a great storyteller. Do you it, know what? Reef's a funny one, because Reef Reef's as a person, I've talked about this on the show in the past, very kind of gives you nothing in the face. Mm-hmm. You know, if you see her, there's nothing at all. But then when you engage with her, she's so engaging. Mm-hmm. You know, like when I remember the first time I interviewed her, and I kind of I think oh, it's gonna be hard work, I'm gonna have to try and figure out how to make this work. Because sometimes when you're interviewing people, you know, you're going to have to do a lot of the work to make it a good interview. And then other times, like a Chrissy, you just say hello and you've got a great interview. Mm. Um, With Reef, I remember I kind of went up to her and I asked a question, and then she was awesome. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) But she has quite a, not a standoffish persona, but you can see how that's perceived that way. Mm. Um, So, yeah, interesting. Good times. This week's discussion, John. So John came up with this one, and it's quite a good one. Basically, what training equipment or gear does your training partners use that annoy you
1: And this came out From last week Where we had sort of Gadgets that were A complete waste of money And one came up That kind of It was Melinda's thing Wasn't it Oh that little ear flap thing is, yeah. yeah Or
0: the or the, the white Cycle shorts That are getting a bit tired Yes but you can see He is in the butt crack
1: so What equipment or clothing Do other athletes use In training That annoys you Okay
0: that's this week's discussion John I'm gonna Put some music on So side of the, of the week. week. And it's from Flo Hagel. Haig, yep. Haigle. Um, And they have sent through a website that John actually has used, talked about a lot in the past, but it's a great website called endurance-data.com.
1: Or data, depending on where you're at in the world. Yep. Data or data. Data, data.
0: Um, and basically what it is, is they have the data of every race ever, basically, don't they?
1: Not every race ever, but all the recent Ironman races. And so the, is it only Ironman Yes, I think so, Uh, but it's it's a daily, not a daily checker for me, I don't go on there every single day, but if I'm doing research on an athlete we're either going to interview or we're going to discuss, this is pretty much my my go-to. It's also got for age groupers a lot about um, Hawaii qualification numbers, so it's kind of like a bit of a Russell Cox type um, website and you just go on here and you can go pick a race or you plug in anybody's name or pick a race and it'll give you the information that all of the races that that person's done uh in their records in terms of all the Ironman races over the past few years and the reason why Flo liked it, he said it's got a good archive of old results, Ironman's own website has a broken link for the race I wanted to look up, classic Ironman uh, and especially cool analysis for you if you click on your name and the results so it'll sort of tell you where you're up, um, where, where you were compared to the sort of the winners in your age group um, but for me I use it as sort of a pro research tool so Flo's here got Ironman France in 2018 and it's sort of, uh, he can put in different names in here as well for his competitors, and it sort of shows on a a graph, the difference in time as you come out of the swim at different stages of the bike, so all the different time splits that they've got in the results, and then transition, and then obviously off onto the run. So you're the baseline, and then you can plug in different athletes uh, and see how you sort of compared and where they took the race to you, or where the where you took the race to them. Got all your splits and everything like that. So especially important if Ironman doesn't have the stats for your particular race. So check it out, endurance-data.com.
0: Got to say, John, while you were talking then, I just had a look at the race results from Ironman New Zealand, which seems like a lifetime ago right now, doesn't it? Um, But what a day for Joe Skipper and Teresa Adam. Mm. You know, like Joe Skipper, sub-8. Who would have thought sub-8 in Ironman New Zealand, like 10 years ago? Dreaming. You're dreaming, mate. You know, like, oh, I wrote you'll get sub-8. Yeah. You know, you would never, ever think in. Back ten years ago, we'd never think a sub eight was possible, yeah. and that was uh, when Bevan won. How fast did he go? He was
1: like eight, oh, like I'm just going to say eight oh five or eight ten, something yeah. like that. It was a course record, and
0: that was that was an amazing performance. Yeah. Sub eight, and it's him Adam and an eight forty on Ironman New Zealand.
1: Madness! Absolutely awesome stuff.
0: I forgot Mike Phillips got second.
1: He did. He had a good day, and he he spanked it the year before with a course record as well, and he ran that. 2.39 or whatever yeah, it was. absolutely smacking
0: it. So if you guys want to just, it's a great resource for your own results, but again, if you want to do that thing of check out other people in your club, stuff like that, do that comparison in your local races, endurance-data.com is where you want to go. John's Tuesday Swim Set.
1: Well, you asked me last week what i do for my swim, so I thought I might make this a regular, I'm only swimming once a week, so I thought people get really tired of trying to come up with a swim programs. so I'm not going to spend ages on this, just tell you what I did for my swim this okay, morning. What, what was the objective? the objective at the moment is just general conditioning because i'm only swimming once a week and the other we, we haven't got any races coming up so everybody's only swimming maybe twice a week so it's just a bit of everything thrown in and just general conditioning most it's a bit people, of fun
0: nothing too long yeah not
1: too hard most people are focusing on their running uh so we did 400 warm-up two 100 ims uh it's so individual medley not Ironman man distance anything 100 meters kick and then we did three times through 200 steady so that's sort of I manage pace and then two 100s hard so repeated that three times through so 1200 metre set 100 metres easy and then 1k loco so what loco is you just go crazy? no you're changing Uh pace so you're going and I've put a yeah 1k so you go 25 hard 25 easy 50 hard 50 easy 75 hard 75 easy 100 hard 100 easy, and then you repeat it again but go back down, okay, so you're 100 hard 100 easy, okay. 75 hard 75 easy, boom boom boom, and that gives you 1k of continuous swimming with plenty of pace variation which is really important and a skill a lot of athletes don't have, uh, Then we finished off with 450s bands only, bands only is brilliant for working on your technique so we do that at the end when we're a little bit tired and then just to warm down which and it was just over 3k's, so that was today's swim Of the medley what's your worst stroke? Um, probably butterfly, I'd say, but that's just because we don't do much of it. I actually quite enjoy butterfly, um, but oh. can't do too much of it these days. I hate to think what I'd be like in a butterfly right now. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I was pretty ugly
1: when I was doing it back in the day. I'd say breaststroke would be my worst. Compa- if if I was to do a race, I'd probably be slowest at breaststroke. Why the kick? Um, uh, just the on kick. It. It's great.
0: Really good for opening up your hips. Yeah, but I could it's never. Good. I could never get it. Mm. It was.
1: I... Yeah, you need to get taught that as a kid.
0: Yeah, tell you one person who's a notorious person, Mike Montgomery. He could he could (laughs) breastfeed.
1: He was glad playing; he's not on Swift. <laughs> 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 Don't even go there.
0: But uh, he could—he could bloody breaststroke kick quick like I've never seen in my life. Yeah, he could. Yeah, he was an amazing. kicker. Okay, John, we're going to interview coming up.
1: Jeannie Seymour. I've wanted to get her on for a while, and uh, fantastic seventy-point-three athlete. Uh, did well at seventy-point-three worlds, and uh, you're going to hear all about her amazing results. Here is Jeannie right now. Okay, guys. Um, when this comes out, we will have spoken to Jeannie Seymour one or two weeks ago. We were talking to her husband as well, and uh, so we're going to get the, the real side of the story now in terms <laughs> of how many victories have been between them and, and how often Jeannie's going to smoke him. She's been a, a multiple winner at <laughs> 70.3. She's won, uh, I think, at least nine 70.3 races, been in the top 10 uh, at the 70.3 World Champs uh, and also went to Kona last year. So welcome along to the show.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate
1: it. Tell us a bit about yourself. Um, I, I know from your accent that you, that you uh, well, I know you're based in Boulder, but that's not where you're originally from. So, tell us a bit about yourself. Where you're from, and uh, specifically, maybe when you when you moved away from South Africa. Uh, yeah, so I am from Johannesburg,
2: South Africa. Uh, that's where I was born and raised, um, and. Yeah, I dabbled in quite a few sports growing up, just um, pretty much running. My mom was a runner and I just kind of followed along in her footsteps. I loved training with her. Um, but in high school, I, I did lots of sports uh, like hockey. I represented South African touch rugby. I did swimming and some cycling. And yeah, I just kind of enjoyed being out there and um, I think it was my final year of high school that my cousin introduced me to a local tri club and I absolutely loved it Um, and yeah I kind of threw myself into the 70.3 distance and um, yeah my coach at the time brought me over to Boulder Colorado and um, we spent the summer here and I just fell in love with the lifestyle and really wanted to pursue a career in triathlon. So I was about, I would say, just about 20 at the time where where I turned pro and wanted to come over here in, in Boulder.
0: Just one random question, which we forgot to ask Justin. How did you guys meet? Yes.
2: Yeah. Um, so we met in Boulder. Um, yeah, it was kind of like, I, I guess I was training with... Um, one of his friends at the time and he was like, Oh, you should meet this guy. He's really great. And I honestly kind of wasn't interested at all. <laughs> um, and he kept messaging um, me on Facebook and I guess, yeah, it, it took me some time to finally crack and, and we went on a copy date and, and the race was history. So yeah, that was about um, five years ago. So <laughs> we, it's our first, um, yeah, wedding anniversary on Sunday,
1: so we're pretty huh. stoked about that. Nice. So what, what do you think, uh, I, I know you're, you're fully immersed in triathlon these days, but where, where do you think life would have taken you if, uh, if triathlon hadn't been a career that had opened up, up for you?
2: Oh, uh, you know what, I, I, I always knew I wanted to be in some kind of sports lifestyle and um, I was studying sports science at the time, but once I got the opportunity to to kind of turn pro, I was lucky that my parents were, were supportive of that at the time, and um, so, yeah, for me, the dream of being a professional athlete was always there, so to be able to do it was, yeah, I mean, I, I'm really lucky. Um, I don't really know what I would be doing. I would probably be back in South Africa, which um, wouldn't really be my first choice, <laughs>
1: Um, well, I know you mainly specialised in uh, seventy point three up to this point. You did Texas last year and then went on to Kona. Um, I'm just intrigued to ask about Texas last year because you had a really, really solid day there—a um, sub nine-hour performance on your on your debut. But you know, looking at the results, you're obviously with uh, Daniela Reef and um Jocelyn McCauley coming out of the swim, and then those two ended up having a sort of a head to head battle all day. So maybe maybe tell us about your race and whether or not you could have gone with them or you chose not to and just how that sort of day unfolded for you. Yeah, I mean, um I'm
2: coached by Jesse Krapelnecky and um our plan for for my first race was to just like stick to my plan, you know. I I have a huge amount of respect for the Ironman distance, and for the first time, I was like, you know what, I I I need to just take care of of myself and stick to the plan because your first time is not the time to experiment and try and go for it on the bike because. Um, you're probably going to end up walking on the marathon. That's for sure. Um, so it's a long day. And I kind of just, you know, looked at my race cam and I was like, okay, especially on the bike, I'm going to just maybe even more, be more uh, conservative. And that kind of played out pretty well for me, especially going on to the run. And um, so I, I was pretty happy with my first experience. I really enjoyed it.
1: You you will have raced Daniela Reef um, a couple of times at 70.3 Worlds and and maybe elsewhere at other 70.3 races. What's it like for you when you're lining up against somebody who, for for us outsiders, you look at her and you go, almost unbeatable, you know, she's just so strong Mm -hmm. across the board. Does that factor into your head at all on race day or are you just literally focusing on, on your plan?
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, when you line up against the likes of Daniela Ryf, I mean, at this point in my career, I, I know that um, I'm probably not going to be competing with her. So it's like you kind of need to act as if they're not racing, to be honest, um, and try not let that get into your head. But yes, when, you, when you're next to someone like that, it's definitely intimidating, but... Um, you kind of got to put the blinkers on and be like, I'm here to race, I'm here to give it my best, I'm here to compete and um, yeah, you just have to carry on I guess.
0: <laughs> so in contrast to your Texas performance to your Kona performance, um, you know, we hear a lot about Kona before we actually turn up to Kona, but you know, what was it actually like for you to be there in that, and what did you learn about from, from that experience when you are in Kona?
2: oh i mean it the whole day was a learning experience i mean from the time that i got to the island it was just like i took so much away from that experience and um i actually wasn't with my current coach at the time like um the summer before my kona build up i actually crashed and um, yeah, I was really struggling mentally, to be honest. And that's when I decided to, uh, train with Julie Gibbons for a little bit and trying to try and be around people. I thought that would help with my build up, but, um, I kind of went into Kona not as good as I would have liked to be. So, um, it made for a hard day, especially on the run. I, I definitely didn't perform the way I want, wanted to. So, um, like I have perspective now that during the time it was very hard going into a race, not really performing um, to what you're capable of. But I think, yeah, just taking everything that I've learned, I'm really hungry to go back and, and give it another crack. And um, yeah, just, uh, you know, going into the race with, um, with everything that I have learned.
1: So um, are you likely to try to line up uh, for February, given, obviously, you know Hawaii's been moved to February? Uh, mm-hmm. It's obviously difficult for you guys if you stay in Boulder. You'll be training through winter, which is what we have to do down here in New Zealand normally. So do you think you'll line up for the February one um, subject to what qualifying looks like? Yeah, I
2: mean, I guess we first have to try and qualify. So... We honestly have no idea how that's gonna work. I mean, if we are able to qualify, I'm, I'm going to try and do so. Um, and if, best case scenario, I do end up qualifying, I think I would would give it another go and um, I'd definitely try and go to Florida. I think uh, Claremont is, is a great place for me to prepare. For the heat and humidity so if that were the scenario i would try and try and do that in into my build up you know
0: would, would that be a pretty typical to what you did last time or what would change about the the kind of moment or you know the preparation for kona because it is more of that colder period of the year for the americans
2: uh yes yeah, so we actually were in kansas in, in in a place called Lawrence, um so that's where we kind of were and um, it honestly wasn't hard enough. I know, it's, uh, um, Tim O'Donnell trained there too, and, um, he's obviously TO. So, um, yeah. yeah, I have a huge amount of respect for him, but, um, I think he's got his kind of preparation dialed in, and, um, he's obviously knows what he needs to do prepare to prepare for Kona. But, um, for me, I think, um, I really prefer Claremont. I know it well, and, I'll definitely get my coach to be out there to help me in, in the preparation for that.
1: Um, when we spoke to Justin, um, he was sort of saying you know, during his build-up, you know, during the lockdown for him, he's sort of been focusing a bit more on his cycling. You know, What's it been like for you during the lockdown period and, and what specifically have you been working on?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's it's been honestly hard uh, for me personally. I tried to focus on my bike and um, it it kind of got overwhelming. And um, for me, I I struggle with um, my mental health quite a bit. And I went through kind of a period where I was just, I just didn't want to train. And it was incredibly hard Um, for someone that does this every day. It can be crippling to not want to be out there and and train and um, get excited about things. So, So that was kind of hard. Um, but I've I've been able to get out of that dip a bit, and I, I'm I'm starting to get more excited about training, and um, I am also trying to focus on my bike personally. That's kind of my weaker area, so um just kind of putting a plan together with my coach now to try to. You know, get some goals or a little target to try and hit in a couple of weeks to help me be a little more excited
0: about training. <laughs> just with the PTO, you're, you're currently ranked seventh in the best of the world team selection. Have you given much thought to the Collins Cup, uh, and have they kept communication up with you guys around what's how it's going to work, and you know any of the kind of bonuses and other initiatives they have? Uh
2: yeah. I mean, I just, I guess the time is just so uncertain, so. I think they're trying to communicate as best they can. Um, I guess, yeah, I, I'm very interested in doing the Collins Cup. I'd love to be there and uh, be a part of that event. And um, but we just have so many question marks right now. Like, I just honestly don't know what's gonna happen and if that's gonna unfold. But hopefully, crossing fingers at that. <laughs>
1: So we asked Justin these, these a few similar questions to this. Um, so a few random ones. What's your pre-race breakfast uh, on race day?
2: Ah, uh, yeah. So I kind of do something pretty weird. It's like my coach likes me to have applesauce <laughs> <laughs> with the banana and like a protein shake, and then I'll definitely have a bottle of sports drink. Um, yeah, and I I'll always have a cup of coffee. Um, typically what I do when I wake up in the morning but that's my breakfast and yeah during the race I probably just stick to gels and sports drink and um caffeine that's the way to go
1: <laughs> and what about post-race Justin had uh margaritas what, what, you, what do you <laughs> go for
2: yeah that's actually a funny answer because I don't Family think we've ever had a margarita <laughs> that race, so I'll have to give him some trouble for that <laughs> um but for me, I I'm a sucker for steak or red meat or a burger, so um anything like that would make me pretty happy.
0: <laughs> oh, I love a burger. Uh, open yeah. marathon. If you were to do an open marathon, where well, you actually trained properly for that marathon for you know a good three to six month period? What do you think you could do it in? Oh
2: wow, that's putting me on spot. <laughs> um. That would be pretty fun to do. I I hope I could do that at some point. I'll probably try to go anywhere, maybe 245 I would try and aim for. Nice. Um, Yeah, I think if I did anything around that range, I'd be pretty stoked.
1: (laughs) And you're you you're a somewhat hard person to follow because when I first tried to sort of, I want <laughs> I want to get an interview with this this lady, and uh, I was looking around. There was no website, but I think it was Facebook. If people want to yeah. follow you, you know how can how can they do that? Uh,
2: the best way to follow me is on Instagram. I am at Little Meets now, but you can just type in Genie Seymour, and that will show up
1: awesome thanks so much for your time we know there's uncertain and you know loads of uncertainty around the season but you've had some bloody impressive results over the last uh last few years so long may i continue (laughs) and we'll look forward to seeing you crush kona in the next few years yeah thank
2: you so much i really appreciate
1: it no worries thanks thanks for your time john your thoughts well, it's great to get some honesty because um, a lot, often athletes will say, you know, oh, it's all fantastic, pros, etc. cetera, but uh, she's obviously really struggled through this sort of lockdown period in terms of um, staying motivated, which is really hard when you're in a, a relationship where the other athletes are, are pro as well, um, but great to get some honesty. It's not, you just think so many people are struggling now with, Work and, and everything, you know, for Bevan and I, you know, we're, things are drying up. It's been a, mm. a tough period for people and coaching events, etc. Think about the pro athletes, they've got no races, and if you haven't got many sponsors, that's zero income coming in. Yeah, that's so scary. for the pro athletes, it's
0: tough. Well, we'll lose some. Oh, hell yeah. You know, we will lose some because some of them, how long can you survive? Mm. You know, and, and like in New Zealand, we're lucky because our country is kind of back to normal. But for a lot of countries, there's still a long time to go before we're going to have that.
1: It's back to normal, but there's no racing for them, no money anywhere. Um, and, and a lot of the pros... Uh They'll get bonuses maybe from their sponsors if they do well in races, but they won't actually but be, our paid sponsors the will be throwing money around right now. No, but if they've got if they're contracted to do it. So say for example, you go and do a race and you win two thousand dollars, you might get a seven hundred fifty dollar bonus from your sponsor, or if you get a, your picture in a magazine or online or something like that, you know those are all the sort of things you can build in. When you're not doing any racing, nothing. So uh, the the top end guys, up there, they're sweet. Well, they're not sweet, but you know that they'll be yep. getting reasonable sort of contracts. But for those um, mid to bottom end, it's like nothing. Yeah. So yeah, so it's great to get some honesty and 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 and. and, and it's not all bloody roses out there for pro athletes at, at all times of the year, um, not just in the difficult stuff we're seeing now. So, thanks to Jeannie for that. And uh, fingers crossed, she comes back strong and has a really good uh, back half of the year if we get some racing.
0: Now John, I, I kind of we, we flew through the plaster news early on. And when we go back to the Ironman virtual racing that they had over the weekend, Sky... Was it Moincha?
1: Muncha. I'm going to have her on the show in the next couple of weeks, so we'll get the correct, correct pronunciation on that.
0: Okay, well, John, and the... i just got to go back, because this is pretty fascinating. She basically did a blog post of the story of her career. OMG, she has been through adversity. I think
1: you're thinking of Kelsey Wilthrow. Oh, is it Kelsey, is it? Yeah, okay, Kelsey which we're also going to have on the show in the next couple of weeks. So I thought I'm going to line those two up for interviews, and we've got it sorted.
0: Well, Kelsey she did a post <laughs> just everything can go wrong and your career has gone wrong hasn't it oh my
1: god yeah I saw that
0: one thing I'm really interested to talk to her about is she, uh, dealing with emotional coaching, coaching abuse mm. um, I watched a really good clip on YouTube about some young Nike female runner who may have been under you know how the Nike coaching system has been a bit screwed recently yes she was under that and she was like this young, talented, was breaking all the youth records, kind of world records. Joined the Yo- the Nike project, whatever it was called, and never performed, and and was quite emotionally scarred from it, mm-hmm. um, and physically kind of damaged as well. And it'd be really interesting to talk to her about this because dealing with coaching abuse, it's it's a fine line in today's world, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You know, because coaches do need to push their athletes, mm-hmm. but where is that line of helping your athlete be a better athlete? and abuse mm. you know so I'd be really interested to talk to her about the post when we get on I'll we'll put this post on about her story because oh my god it's basically there's, it's a bullet point and it's about 40 different bullet points for all the things that <laughs> gone wrong in her career so interesting stuff okay John let's talk about Generation You Can.
1: Fantastic, they've got some awesome stuff coming up this I know, week. how about this? So National Tri Week, so Triathlons Transition, Conquering the Pandemic and Fostering Diversity. So they've got an expert tri-panel, uh, a whole long, week-long sort of activities. They're going to have Mark Allen on there, um, obviously we know of him. Uh, somebody called Tecumia Tecumia. Dorsey who's the International Association of Black Triathletes, got Tim O'Donnell on there who we know of, Suri Lindley if you don't know of her, she's in the ITU Hall of Fame and she's coached, uh, been a fantastic coach of uh, Miranda Carfrey and a bunch of other uh, amazing athletes, Uh, also recently had a battle with cancer and looks like she's come out the other side which is fantastic. Uh, Marcus Fitz who's the founder of the DC Tri Club uh, and Vic Bromfield who's USA Chief of Staff. Amongst that they're also going to have Bob Babbitt on there on Wednesday the 24th so that's US time um, with never a bad day and he's such a positive guy I'm sure that'll be yeah. really good uh, then on Thursday they've got a panel about metabolic health uh, featuring a whole bunch of uh, brainy doctors uh, And then on Friday they've got the motivational speech um, and that's sort of more talking about diversity um, and, and how we can try to overcome that he R- well, is yes, triathlon is a seriously white sport um, oh, big time. And, and I've got no answers to this so I'm going to be interested to see see what they've they've got oh, to no, say
0: let's take a little bit deeper here you because you have quite a big influence on the local community how do we get more diversity in a local scale
1: yeah well, I've, I've got no answers for you <laughs> that's why i want to see this i mean uh, i i don't know you know it's a it's a rich sport um christchurch is a pretty white um city as well so i haven't Got any answers for you to be honest, Bevan?
0: Yeah, well, it's interesting because, like, for Liz Mills over the years, not so much nowadays, but when I was a younger, younger, younger man, <laughs> um, I'd go around to schools and teach fitness. Mm-hmm. Now, admittedly, I'd only go to rich schools, mm. you know, because the, the for Liz Mills, they would see it as um, your future members. Mm-hmm. So, the, you know, the kids who, were, and it was all private schools, basically. Mm. And I remember I did go to my school, Hamilton, which was, I went to a high school that's lower decile. Um, very multicultural. Mm. Uh, I went there and they loved it, but then we never went back. I'm not quite sure why even Hillilton even happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the, you know there's this thing of maybe we are just pointing our direction in in certain places. yeah, well I don't know it's Triton because I don't know what Trithon's doing, but I'm just thinking of my experience within Les Mills. and Les Mills is actually a pretty diverse company, but you know like it's interesting, people chase the money. And sometimes not maybe the greater good
1: we've in new zealand we've got a group called iron maori and i I did try to arrange an interview fairly recently and that would be a perfect example um uh, so the maori is our sort of indigenous people in new zealand and they've got a, a and it's
0: a great event yeah and it gets lots of people in that culture and, the, and, and Māori statistically, unfortunately, are a bit behind in the health statistics. So, and it so gets be
1: exactly the same as the situation in Australia and America yeah, as well. Yeah. Um, but that's uh, an amazing initiative. So, more of that um, would be fantastic. How you actually and it's proof And that. it's proof
0: that it can work. Mm. You know, because it has. Mar and Mar- Mar- has been over about how long? Ten years? Twelve years? I'd say so, yeah. And it's it's hugely successful, mm. and it's hugely successful when it gets you, you think massively overweight people who have never exercised, it gets mm. them out exercising, mm. and that's where triathlon's such a great sport because you know, like admittedly, there's some cost to entry, but it's not. You don't have to have the greatest gear.
1: Well, you've got to have gear, and you've got it these days. Entry fees and things like that. It's 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 seriously expensive. Yeah. 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 Um, so they've got. So I think that'll be a really d- interesting discussion, and, and that's the whole well, one of the big topics here is conquering the pandemic and fostering diversity. So how we can encourage a more diverse sport. Uh, then on Monday the 29th uh, they've got the future of try, discussing the future of Try as it pertains to overcoming the pandemic and making more our sport more diverse and a welcoming place. Uh, and they've got the editor in chief of Triathlete magazine. Uh, they're going to have Tim O'Donnell on there. Um, Andrew, uh, it looks like Andrew Messick might be on there, someone from Ironman anyway. Um, and then on the 30th, uh, there might be a bit of Tri Trivia um, possibly coming on and Tim O'Donnell might have a ride on Zwift. So check it all out on um, their Generation UCAN Facebook page or on their website uh, for all the things you can get involved in. And What's said, the story around cost? It's uh, a very good question, Bevan. I don't know. Okay, well, well... Let's have a pause and we'll just okay, check we'll pause, on here yeah, because I think
0: it'd be good to
1: know. John, it's free! We believe so. I'm just looking through here and I can't see anything. I've registered myself and also enter to win one of, one of five free Tim O'Donnell UCAN bundles when you sign up. So there you go, you can get yourself some free UCAN as well.
0: Good stuff. Well, guys, this is a great resource. So go to Generation UCAN, uh, go to the Facebook page as well, you register for free. It's a cool, lots of great people, lots of great discussions. You can go on the draw and get some um, free UCAN stuff with Tim O'Donnell package and uh, game on. So thanks.
1: As well as that, obviously we, you know, um, you can sponsor the show and it's a product that I think is absolutely fantastic and everybody that I find tries it thinks it's great as well. So uh, it gives you that sort of longer lasting energy, avoids the spikes in training uh, sort of in your, you know, how you feel as you go through the, either your race or your workout. So they've got bars, they've got powders, they've got a uh, whole variety of products so check it out. They've got sample packs as well and that's always a good way to check out if you actually like it or not uh, and you need to use it over a reasonable length training session to get the hang of it as i've said before the taste is a bit different and it takes a little while just to get accustomed to it um but i found a flavor flavors that i like and get stuck in
0: it's amazing with taste in life isn't
1: it taste is a funny thing john because Mm -hmm. when i was younger i was a
0: bit picky yeah Mm -hmm. and 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 realistically i didn't even give things a try Mm mm-hmm you know, like like hot food or spicy food. I was like, oh, I don't mm-hmm. like hot food. Certain veggies, oh, I don't like that. Fish, I don't eat fish. Yeah. And as I've grown up, I've thought to myself, be open-minded, give everything a try. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, it's probably two, three foods I don't really like. Mm-hmm. And I've actually learned to really like hot food. You know, mm-hmm. and it is amazing just how you can just train your body to like certain
1: flavors, isn't it? It is. What is it? I think you've got to try something, is it 10 times before you actually say, no, I don't like it? Oh, okay there you go is that what like you tell that. your kids is it exactly <laughs> you're eating that you got no choice are your kids picky eaters not really no our oh, right. kids eat a lot of food a <laughs> lot of food
0: okay John let's go on to Winger of the week and we're going to say I'm going to say I'm going to say okay the, the third 27
1: 27 give us your rationale
0: well I picked up my phone it's
1: 927 927 okay uh, oh, I've got to log in now um, uh,
0: 927 let's see if I can pull it up Nine twenty-seven, nine twenty-seven. That, that's on a Tuesday morning, guys. So you know we record the show a week. Is it this time when we do record it last week, okay. Twenty-seven looks like it go. was good old Andy M. Andy M. did seventeen hours. Oh, you guys sign in,
1: okay. <laughs> <laughs> He did 17 hours and 49 minutes from five activities. Holy smokes, Andy M, you killed it. No swimming, no running. So I wonder if you're a cyclist in in our little group here. But uh, Andy M, he's uh, from England in the United Kingdom. He hasn't even got a picture of himself. He's got a picture of, I'm not even sure what that is. It's like a drink bottle or something like that. Uh, In the last little period, let's do a side-by-side comparison with me. He's averaging six rides a week uh, for 346 kilometres. So far this year he's done 5,744. His longest ride is only 167.8 kilometres. And the highest climb he's ever done is only 517 metres. You've got to go find somewhere big to ride some mountains. And as I suspected, it looks like he might be a... A not a triathlete because he's got no runs in the last four weeks. Well, he has got some estimated times for some of his running, so he's done one hundred twenty-six runs. All time, he's run seventeen hundred and seventy-one meters. Swimming-wise, I know he's done a little bit of swimming. Thirty-three swims. None in the last four weeks, so he's just stuck to his cycling in the last four weeks. It's so Andy M, you are our winner Winer of the week, week. but I do want to just give a little bit of love to uh, our overall winner for the or first place this week, Michael Schroker. Uh, he is living. He lives up in Scotland, and Scottish. he's a Polish fellow who lives up there. What's the Polish accent? Uh, it's like kind of sort of Russian-y type accent, I can't, I can't, I'm not even going to attempt it, well, done, I <laughs> no swimming, he's done an hour and 50 biking, but he's done, 20, last week he did 29 hours and 37 minutes of riding, and I sent him a note, I said what the hell are you doing, uh, and he set up a June challenge, he's riding 100k's, minimum 100k's every day for June.
0: 100K every day
1: for June. <laughs> yeah, and some days longer. 100K. Yeah. That's more than 30 minutes that you did, John. It is more than 30 minutes than I did. So he's. 100K was... every day. He's cranking it. That's a good effort. So 31 hours and 27 minutes. Do you know total. on
0: driver, John? My best 5K. Can you
1: predict my best 5K? 1426. <laughs> Smash that. Yeah. <laughs> 1347. I actually looked at mine yesterday as well. There's a few. My first, my fastest K is three, three fourteen. That's probably right. Mine's two fourteen. For your fastest K, yeah.
0: you were smoking that day. Yeah. Fastest ten K is thirty six thirty. that's probably about right. Marathon, half marathons. I don't, I don't have a marathon on here. Eight one eighteen for a half. That's about right for, for what I've done on Strava. But that one, that five K, I smashed that day. <laughs>
1: yeah I was right 2.14 so I, I, just to be clear I've not run a 2.14 no and i even even, ran a 13 minute 5k yeah could not even remotely do that I think my 10k is probably about what, right
0: what do you reckon you could do now for a 1k all out
1: oh, pretty crap to start with but I'd say I could probably get down to 3 minutes um, yeah if I trained specifically for it I don't think I'd I think I'd struggle to get under 3
0: yeah, that's next level, isn't
1: it? Okay, questions and answers. answers. And this is John's
0: next adventure. He signed up for this.
1: Didn't you do this one last year? did the St. James Al- Alpine Adventure last year, and I've signed up again this year. So if you want to come and join me. Was this the one where we thought you had to do a kayak? We did. <laughs> <laughs> we did indeed. That was so funny that yeah. day, because <laughs> you shit your pants. <laughs> <laughs> there is a kayak option, and you can swim and kayak if you really want to. Okay, uh, yeah, what do you mean? So it can be like a, a three-discipline event like swim, bike, bike, run or kayak, bike, run or you can do the swim and then the kayak and then the bike, Ooh. and then the run. So kind of there's, there's all sorts of things. So the reason I wanted to give this a plug is I'm I'm doing it. I've got a few other locals that are that are doing it as well. And you've also got a really long option that I'm still contemplating. And I I looked on the confirmed entrance list yesterday. There's hardly any because it's what is it now? We're in June and people don't enter. S- uh It's in January the sixteenth. Oh, okay. And so I see, looked on there and one of our local triathletes, Edwild Kruger, he signed up for the Big Kahuna. And the Big Kahuna is going to be longer than an Ironman. You're going to swim 2Ks. Now, this is a freezing cold swim. You're going to bike a mountain bike 100 kilometers. To put that in perspective, I did 60 last year. Was it 60? i should sure 64. And that took me four hours. So 100 is going to take me, yeah. you know. Six hours. Well, over that I'd say uh, I've got another. Got to do another. Yeah, over six, probably yep. closer to seven. I would imagine, and then you got to run fifty k's, uh, and that's fifty k's has got twelve hundred and thirty three meters of climbing. That
0: person who puts on an event must love putting on an event because that's one of those races where you hang around all day for a few people to arrive.
1: It's pretty low key. Yeah, and uh, yeah. So when. When we were leaving last year, there was only one guy that was doing the long one and he was just coming off the bike. So I think he was starting his 50k runs. So, uh, and you were yeah, leaving? We were leaving.
0: So you told all your stories. Yep. You know? Yep.
1: So if you want to get on it, check out St. James mountainsports.co.nz get in touch with me I've got a small promo code if anybody wants to to do it it's in a beautiful part of New Zealand that's why I'm sort of talking about it is if you're just going I need something a bit different even your Aussies and stuff by then you'd hope our borders are going to be open and you can come over and do it but you're going to experience an amazing part of the country it's near Hamner Springs which is one of my favourite parts of New Zealand it's just a Cool, cool spot to go. It's about an hour and a half north of Christchurch, and then this this race you are out in the wilderness and completely out on your own. Lots of river crossings on the mountain bike, really challenging stuff, and gets you out of your comfort zone. I was definitely out of my comfort zone last year, and the run is not stupidly hard. It's got a big climb in the middle, a couple of river crossings, um, a beautiful part of the country, and if you want to try something different, check it out. Very old school though, so you have your expectations in the right places. It's not like a challenge race or an Ironman. It's like you rock up to the start line and there's 10 or 20 people around um, there's lots that do the mountain bike and the run only challenge and stuff but for the try it's just like get on with it and it's very much a, a solo challenge there is aid stations and stuff through the course but all in all bit different if you want a bit different check it out had
0: some sad news happened this week so um, Tony O'Hagan passed away in his early 50s I think it was
1: 54 54
0: um tell a story John Tony O'Hagan is a bit of a legend in Triathlon in New Zealand
1: yes he was so he was um, he was a classic 90s athlete he was uh, uh, that was that real transition period for triathlon uh, around the world because dra- draft legal itu stuff started in 95 um, and so Tony's sort of period was... I'm not sure if he was into it in the '80s or not, but in the '90s he was one of the big Kahuna's in New Zealand. Really? but he was a classic athlete. He was a crappy swimmer, amazing biker, and really good strong runner. So, when
0: you say in New Zealand, did he travel and yeah, he, he raced. And uh, did he do a ride overseas? Uh, yeah,
1: he did. Like uh, he never won Ironman New Zealand. He got second, but he back in our day, you know. The, there was only a few prestigious races, and one of them was uh, the Port of Taurong Half Ironman. Yep. And other countries are going to have this as well. You know, you had maybe one or two pin-up half iron distance races, yep. and that was it for New Zealand. Everybody rocked up each year, and he won that I think three times. Okay. Uh, and he was yeah he was th- the real deal. Raced in Germany um, for a number of years, I think. Uh, and yeah, he was in the New Zealand team. Just a, and, and then he moved into coaching, and that's how he's probably better known in New Zealand. He's he had a coaching business in Auckland um, with a big group. Of athletes but just a, a lovely lovely guy and Facebook's gone nuts in the last few um, days. Did you have days. Yes I knew Tony reasonably well. Raced, um, I I was sort of coming into the sport when he was in his prime so I certainly saw him out on the course because I was a reasonably good swimmer and he was a crappy swimmer and so it would be like straight past (laughs) me on the bike won't see him for a while Uh, I won't see him at all Uh, and he was was way way in front of me Um, but just a really nice guy always smiling and had a little bit to do with him recently as well because just I was sort of helping out a little bit with uh, the Zwift Triathlon New Zealand League he was 54 he was still I was just managing to beat him off in the Zwift races So he's still going real good. Um, but just a really nice guy and always smiling and had a lot to do with the sport in, in different parts of the country, Auckland, Christchurch and Dunedin as well. So really sad loss. Another heart related issue, which really? is, you know, it's a real concern because uh, we've got quite I know quite a few people that have you know, top level athletes now that have had heart related issues and we had another guy that came to our Monday night running who recently passed away in the last couple of weeks as well. Not from heart? From a heart related issue and her So old- He was in his 50s as well. Jeez. So look after yourself. Just get the basics right. If you're sick, don't go training and racing. Just look after yourselves and if you've got any symptoms, go and get it checked out. Especially if you've got a family history. It's interesting
0: with Tony because I I I knew the name. I don't know if I ever met him. Mm. I might have met him in passing but there was no relationship there. But... You know, when people pass away, everyone always kind of gets put in the best light, but you could just tell by the feedback on, mm. on, on social media that this was a real champion guy. Mm. You know, champion athlete, obviously, but just you could just see he was the kind of guy who his presence made other people's lives better. And also just, to, you know, you, you've got here that he was really involved in the sport and assisted wherever he could, you know, and it's just that whole that sense of, my what I bring to the sport helps to make the sport a better thing and helps develop other people. Um I've never met the guy, but it's just that's what I've got just from watching the feedback or the you know the what people are saying about him is that he was just a really a great person, a really positive guy, and just you know what? What's great about triathlon, and he brought all of that to his his community as well.
1: A smile goes a long way, and Tony was always smiling. Really? So yeah, good guy. So
0: you know what? Smiling. You know, funny John. When I was, I'm i I'm, like, I'm a smiley person. I'm lucky for that. I remember when I was a kid, because I, I was a drop kick. You know, I was, a, I, was in a, I was basically I was a thick, thick as shit when I was a kid. And uh, so one one year, one year they got all the thick kids, and we had to go to, to some special courts. so <laughs> I, I go do some. It was at a place called Pethley P- P- House. And it was kind of for thick kids. And it must have thought we had no confidence as well. So it was like a four-day a week. We were away from school for a week. And there was a, <laughs> it was me and all the losers, basically. <laughs> when I look back, it was pretty obvious. <laughs> but one of the things they did was they did, um, they did this thing where... Everyone had to write on a piece of paper what someone said about you or mm. what they think about you, mm. and and, just, and it was kind of nice stuff, you know. And someone someone wrote Always Smiles, mm. and I kept that. I still have that to this day, and I, that was probably when I was about 14. Um, yeah, and I just, you know, I'm quite proud of that because it was that kind of, just tell me, the smile was just such a simple thing to give to the world mm. but it does make a difference when someone smiles eh that's right yeah so so the, the, that smile that comment maybe helped me get more intelligent <laughs> maybe it worked <laughs> okay John we've got some new patrons to the show
1: yeah we have John Ennis uh, he's a 45 guy working in marketing lives in Esher in Surrey in the UK which is just outside London down the road from Hampton Court Palace where Sir Bradley Wiggins won the 2012 Olympic Time Trial uh, he's married he's got a couple of girls uh, 14 and oh, He's in the danger zone years. Oh, bloody hell, don't tell me that. I'm I'm only 11 and I reckon I'm in the danger zone. Oh, really? Um, uh, firstly I need to come clean and admit I've never done a long distance triathlon so I'm a complete imposter I've listened to pretty much every episode since 2008 when I first started triathlon having been inspired by a friend and watched him do the London triathlon so you're not an imposter you're a triathlete uh, unfortunately he had a little hiatus when his wife got cancer but thankfully she's over right, that right, which is which is fantastic news um, these days I swim uh, two times a week although COVID has prevented this since March um, I cycle socially at the weekends in the Surrey Hills so you if you've been on Zwift you know what he's talking about there and do about three CrossFit sessions a week to help keep things ticking over. I still like all forms of triathlon and cycling, the Tour, the Giro and the Vuelta and I'm inspired by athletes who participate in endurance events so I've continued to listen to the show over the years. Um, we've got a picture there of him as well if you scroll down a bit Sharp looking man. Um, and he's Sharp the, looking man. He's at the uh, the grand final of the ITU London, uh, ITU sort of series when they held that. What in was you? Was that John? I couldn't tell you off the top of my head, okay. Even. Okay. um Now I looked at that picture, and for some reason, I thought that face kind of looks sort of familiar. And then I thought, it's some game show host. And have you ever watched Tipping Point? Oh, I, I think it's a stupid show, but I know the host I've, you're talking about. A stupid show. I've never actually watched it in its entirety. So when I thought that, I was like, what's that show called? So the
0: tipping point, remember when you're younger, you go to games places and have you, have the thing where you drop a coin and push your coins forward and eventually if you, if you got it right, you'd win some of the coins coming out. Um, the tipping point is basically, because I can't imagine many US listeners would know the tipping point, the tipping point is a quiz show where you answer some questions and you get, really these, easy you questions. get these tokens that then go down, they drop in and you can see if you've got money. It's tedious at best. <laughs> horrible. Because <laughs> the problem is The Poms have the Chaser And the Chaser is the best game show Of all time yeah. And then they've got The tipping point It's like how does that
1: work Anyway I thought because uh, I think I've just seen it when I've channel surfed a little bit and I've like, oh, just looked at that guy and I thought, you look like that guy there. He's called Ben Shepherd, this okay, dude. And I can see what
0: you're thinking. I don't think he does look completely. He's much better looking than Ben Shepherd, but but I can see what you're thinking.
1: Yep. And so I'm going to, John Ennis, you're called the tipping point.
0: Nice. And he tips the point of the race in his favour. Yes. Uh, another new patron as well.
1: Yep. Uh, it was a little bit slow off the mark with this one. Somehow slipped through the crack, cracks. Florian hell glo- um uh, sorry, Florian. I've probably completely got Let's your surname, does. Apple,
0: Apple says. What does Apple say? Come on, Apple. Do your job. My computer's getting old. Uh, John you go
1: (laughs) Uh, So he's got He's got the nickname of Flo I'm 34 years That's not our nickname That's his nickname Flo I'm uh, 34 years old From Austria Been doing tries Since 2009 My favourite distance Is the half distance But I keep doing One full a year Until my bloody Until I bloody figure out How to do them well Not much of a runner So I usually fall out Of the slots By mile 10 To 15 Uh, Among others I've done Lanzarote UK France But never my home race In Cligenford Uh, Did I mention I hate drafting and I'm ashamed at the level of support two infamous Austrian pros are getting at that race. But next year, this probably might be Roth that he was planning on doing this year, was pretty excited for that. So you have to wait another year unfortunately for that. Attached you'll find a couple of pictures and he's got a picture of him and I thought, what the hell is he doing? He's riding along, he's on his zero bars. He's got the he's casual got, look, hasn't he's he? He's got one hand down on the bar, you know, holding the bar. And the other hand, uh, he's got actually up to his face. He always looks his, a bit bored in his race, doesn't he? With his fist uh, on his cheek, just like he's having a little bit of a breather. And he said, that's when he was do, riding behind a huge draft pack at a, the now discontinued oh, okay. Ironman Mallorca, trying to show my disapproval after failing to ride away from the peloton. Uh, so... A non a hater of drafting, which we uh, thoroughly You've got a nickname,
0: John, but I've got a nickname as well.
1: Well, I've put down Easy Rider of, because of that picture. Uh, he's sort of having a little bit of a break there, but he's actually not an Easy Rider, so it's no. probably not the best nickname. Well,
0: I've got Flo, the Fast the fast MoFo.
1: Okay, we'll go with that. Did <laughs> you like that? Or MoFo Flow. <laughs> yeah, MoFo Flow. So, so the, the, fast, fast mofo. Yeah,
0: Flo, the Fast MoFo. Yeah, Flow the Fast MoFo nice yeah it's good rhyming good good rhyming and if you are
1: a patron and if we happen to have missed you off giving you a nickname just get in touch because I have got my a system, but sometimes systems Sometimes break. things go you know, the talk cracks. to talk to the government about that right now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so thanks so much to all our patrons. Really appreciate your support.
0: Okay, you John. Let's uh wrap it up. First of all, sponsors.
1: Generation you can now remember,
0: guys, I am talk is the discount code, and it will still be used when you go to for the upcoming episodes. All parties that we had last year have agreed to continue on with offering a of 15% discount, and you've added this to 10% off the UK. So the code is still the same. This are generationucan.com for the U.S., Canada is smart nutrition.ca, Australia is generationucan.com.au. New Zealand is superstarch.co.nz. UK is for ten percent off generationucan.co.uk. And again, the discount code is IM Talk. If you want to get show email to you down the bottom of the front page on I am Talk, you just put your information in. If you want to be a cool patron and get a cool nickname, go to www.imtalk.me. Go through the process, and we'll give you a cool nickname and gifts, and you're going to draw to win a trip to cone of the boys. For coaching, coachjohnson.com. For my Podcast. I'm actually interviewing one of the new All black coaches. All oh, right, mm, next week. So Brad Moore. Yeah, uh, yep. yeah, So i'm Wasn't interv- he at your wedding? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, lovely, lovely guy. Mm. And, and the thing I'm loving about interviewing him. So a so the All Blacks. Let's be honest, so great. Now he's, he's only he hasn't even started really. He's only just started. So, but he's he's a high level guy. He's been a coach on one of the assistant coaches of Canterbury, a very high performing team. So he's very into culture. He loves mm. culture. And he loves development of people. But also the thing I love about Brad, Brad was a top lawyer.
1: Lawyer, yeah, yeah. Battle Finlay, yeah, I think. Yeah. No, no. Kevin Leach, I think it was.
0: Yeah, it was Cavill Leach, because yeah. Yeah, we used Kevin Leach for a while there. Um, top good lawyer, but he was just passionate about being a rugby coach. And he's he's chased his dream, man. His family have gone all around the world. They've lived in mm. Southland. Have been, they've been went South Africa, Christchurch. They were in Wales. Got, mm. The family have chased his dream. Mm. And I'm really fascinated to talk to him about, you know, when you sacrifice so much to get this opportunity now he's in one of the best roles in the sport now now admittedly he's only assistant coach he's not the top coach but still he's in one of his big roles and so i think it's gonna be a really great interview and, he, and he's a really
1: you, you know brad i don't know him i just know i know of him yeah well he's,
0: he's he's the nicest nicest guy so i'll be releasing that next monday um and so if you want to listen to that check out my podcast because he, he'll be a great interview um also yep uh, age group of the week other stuff you can email it through to iron at podcast at gmail.com John Eugos.
1: it's clearing up that out there Bevan. maybe it? I should have biked up here fortune favours the brave it wasn't even wet. it was so wet. It was just a good strong drizzle misty. out there. It was drizzly. It's crap. What are you your kids your keep dominating anymore. the dojo. The kids keep dominating the dojo. They won their zone sports. So you have over here, you have your school cross country, and then yep. you go to zones, which is like maybe local sort of seven or eight schools or something like that. And then you go to Canterbury Champs. So we're at middle stage. Both crushed it yesterday. Um, Proud dad? Yeah. Was, yeah was yeah i don't put any pre- i try very hard not to put pressure did you not say did you not say them i won't
0: love you unless you win <laughs> yeah because that's <laughs> no, the best I strategy
1: very much try to focus on effort and execution rather than uh placings or anything like that so but it is, how do you praise them afterwards uh well just ask them what they're rather than going oh, awesome win sort of thing just ask them you know how they felt with the race and sort of open questions rather than focusing on the sort of the win Yeah, you know? but still Pretty cool to win, but how do you praise them? High fives? Uh,
0: no, because no, it's really important with praise. You be specific about how you praise. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people say, "Good work."
1: So, yeah,
0: you know. Well, well, Thomas, I loved how you had a race strategy and you stuck to it and you worked really hard in this moment. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's it's because when we think about praise, I was speaking to a client about this recently. there's often, praise is undervalued or not as effective because what we're not really doing is because really good praise should be developing. Um, character strengths and values mm-hmm. you know so I, I may have talked about this on a show but my daughter let me know if I still talked about this on this show so my daughter is someone who didn't do that well at school because she mucked around mm-hmm. but luckily has really good work ethic and is has lots of personality mm-hmm. so since leaving school she's actually done really well in life and she's mm-hmm. becoming a really cool young woman and she has she when she works in Australia she's doing kind of a dentistry oh dent- mentioned this oh did I yeah, yeah. About, about the, the boss Mm-hmm. Yeah. So but so when she told me about this my praise was wow I'm I'm really proud of you because you have such amazing ethics mm. you know and so you're really trying to reinforce the the character traits that you want to build in them um, and it's just a really good way to think about praise don't just say hey well done be really specific to the character traits and, and the values that, that they want to promote in themselves yeah so I guess yeah.
1: to, to answer your question I was really I'm really conscious of not well done on winning yeah it is more about effort and uh and did you try your hardest yeah sort of stuff rather than uh focusing on the win so Good day. But they dominated. And Both of them dominated. Dominate. uh Felicities was r- relatively close, but Tom loves the strategy, and he was just going head to head with this guy one last year, and just crushed him. And I was like, "You do a one k circuit." And so what was the strategy? What was the strategy? Oh, he just wants to break people. He oh, sort of really? runs with them, and then he'll put in a big surge and try to break them. And <laughs> Belinda was just telling me before they before they came around. Apparently, all the boys on the start line were going along, going, "Where did you get last year? Where did you get last year? Where did you get uh-huh. last year?" And, and where uh, did Thomas get last year? He got fifth last year, okay. and uh, apparently he was running along with this guy that won last year. And the guy said to him, "There's no way you got fifth last year." Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, did yeah. Thomas go to the to the next level last year? He did, but he got absolutely annihilated. Okay. Uh, so we'll see how he goes this year. But so far, so good. Outside of that, Bevan watched the the Darkest Hour on Sunday. Enjoyed that. I've wanted to watch it for ages. Uh, the one with um, which one? What are you talking Darkest about? Darkest Hour the movie. Oh yeah I yep, yep, haven't watched yep. that So I was, I was pretty cl- yeah, yeah it was a good film Although like, well,
0: the only problem With it was the, the scene in the tram Didn't happen
1: Oh really Yeah And there, okay. there was a lot
0: of Controversy around that After the fact Oh okay Yeah because it's a Pivotal moment in the film And it's basically are So in the film I'm sure lots of people Watched it Churchill has this moment Where he goes into a tram And he kind of gets The public opinion And then makes a decision Based on that mm. And it didn't actually happen But right. the metaphor is That he got the public opinion and, yeah. yeah Okay Yeah yep. But but good s- film
1: good film um other than that starting to crank out the running which is good another zwift race at the weekend embarrass myself less and less every time i do those races which is kind of good fantastic way for building your fitness and uh and it's having a nice little effect on my running too which is uh, a nice little offshoot of that so other than uh, st james races uh, just going to do some local stuff, really. I'm going to do our epic camp, South Island. So I've got to build my bike fitness. Are you going to do the whole thing, or you're more planning to? Yeah, planning nice. to. So I got a half marathon, and what are we now? Sort of six weeks or so. Do that, get the, cranking the biking up. See where it takes us. Bevan, what's happening in your world? What's
0: happening in my world, John? That's a really good question.
1: Oh, watching the rugby. Oh yeah So now I, I don't have to watch the rugby league anymore. Yes, John a t- text t- on Friday night. The Warriors are getting their asses kicked. So I've have I've, I've sort of got to occasionally watch the Warriors from time to time. Started watching them this season since we've restarted. Uh, it's going going good, but we it's every, a yo-yo team to follow. Yo-yo, and historically they'll do well, and then I'll start watching it, and then they'll start losing. And so this time through. I started watching, and they win. And then a game I didn't watch, they got absolutely spanked. So I thought I've got to get on the span wagon, yep. watch them, and then they'll win because I'm your good luck charm. Yep. Watched it on Friday night; they got spanked, and then they've sacked the coach.
0: Yeah, which had to happen. I actually It was horrible timing But he, he 40% winning Is not good enough Over the You know One time the, It was a horrible one um, So get, And the rugby Although the penalties In the rugby Are doing my head in Yeah they are Yeah they're still My head in it's a little bit, Come on get off the game um, Went out for a romantic Dinner on Saturday night Town Tonic You been there Yeah Highly recommend Yeah Good good, good food That was good um, Got some moss On the lawn I need to sort out Yeah <laughs> Had to get rid of Moss out of the lawn uh, there must this be some
1: green. I can't remember the what it is, but yeah, it's like a powdery sort of water okay. over them. I need to do that yeah. Sunday. Yeah,
0: yeah. Shortest day. I'm pretty happy about shortest day. Yesterday,
1: shortest day. Oh. Summer is just around the corner.
0: Well, the problem with shortest day is kind of the first month you don't notice it, mm-hmm. but then when you hit kind of mid July. Boom, boom, boom. Yep. Day by day.
1: Yeah. Uh, Apologies uh, to our Northern Hemisphere listeners. Uh, you're on the slippery slope to winter. Yeah, but you were asked to one summer. So, mm. yeah, good times.
0: Anyway, John, that's pretty much us. Let's wrap it up.
1: I'm Russ. I'm Mendo. Train hard. Train smart. Kia car.